I think it's an Amy Clanger. Who covers Clangers at home and on the road? Amy does. Mardo not getting an opportunity in the NBA <laughs> is the first Amy Clanger. But we have to look at the game last night. We love Thursday night footy, but Jeremy Cameron concussed by Gary Rowan. Now, there's a couple of Clangers in this. Firstly, your teammate cleaning yep. up uh, oh. your other teammate. Yeah. And being out, he's going to miss. The good news is he's out of hospital. He's fine. He sent a message through on Twitter on his farm. Again, he loves sending through those farm (laughs) tweets. He's a great guy. Now, we did have him as number one on our power rankings, and he slipped and slipped dramatically. And going into last night's game, we said this is his opportunity to redeem himself. And then he goes and gets a concussion. But he's a guy that you just cannot not like. You know, even the, the video today of him out on his farm saying he's okay. Absolute legend of a bloke. Let's take a listen. All right, I'm feeling a lot better um, than I did last night. Thanks for everyone's messages of support. I appreciate that. Um, But in the last 10 minutes, just starting to feel a lot better because um, we've lit up the Bonnie and we've got out the new whip. I haven't showed anyone the new whip yet, only a couple of the boys, but um, hang on, don't suck on the... Get off it! This is the new whip, ladies and gents. If you see me getting around, say good day. 1965 Land Rover. Happy days, eh? Jeremy Cameron there, so a bit of language barrier. So the whip, I'm assuming, is the, the new vehicle. Yeah. And the Bonnie is a bonfire. So he's in the paddock. He's got all the trees together that have been cut down. He's lit up the bonfire. And you can hear the cattle in the background. So great guy. I hope he has a speedy recovery and starts kicking some goals as well. But first and foremost is his health. The clanger for me, though, Marto, was not showing the vision from Channel 7. Now, I That's know weird. there is maybe a time and a place, but that wasn't it. It's not the worst hit that we've ever seen. Just got him flush. He was down. Like, if you're the family, and they said they said later in the broadcast it was about the family, want to alert them to see how he is going. But I think when you see that, there's probably more uncertainty that comes with it because you must be feeling like it's that bad mm. that Channel 7 has not chosen to show it. I think there's a right that we get to look at at least once. That's all you need to do it. Show it once, quick replay, and let's move on. Absolute Amy Klinger. For those reasons you just mm. said. Now, I can understand when the footage is too graphic, you're not going to show it. And Mick Devere, when he was playing winger for Queensland in State of Origin about 20 years ago, he got the old staple gun out because the trainer couldn't do it. His forehead was, was bleeding and he stapled himself oh. on the field to stop the bleeding. And that was shown. And off the back of that, that's when television made some changes to what they could show. This isn't even close to that. Now, it was a brutal hit by a teammate. He is knocked out, but... You see a lot worse, and you see a lot worse on a weekly basis, I want to say. Yeah. Now, the outcome was horrible, but yeah, it, it surprised me that we didn't get to see more of it because you do, you instantly think, oh, wow, this could be a lot worse than it actually was. Give us your thoughts. You can join at any time on the Temperate Bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736 or the Kia open line, 13 12 55. Morley Kia, get more. But Gary Rowan, clearly he was flustered by the hit. Yep. He felt some responsibility there. But his performance, he turned it around. He was the best player on the ground. He kicked three goals. I just wonder, Marto, he's frustrated me for a long time because of that reason. If you were to catch him on the right night or day and he does that, you go, this guy's got everything you need to be the best player in the competition. Yep. He's fast. He's tall. He can take a mark on the lead, takes a really good pack mark. And last night, some of the running goals from outside 50 to inside 50. But yet... 
you go through the competition rankings year after year, he just hasn't been included inside the top 100, I would have thought. I just wonder if there's any other players, and I want our listeners to play at home as well. The difference between their best and worst is poles apart. I've got him as one of the, the furthest in the competition. Yeah, the big terminology you'd use in basketball is, is they're streaky. And if they get hot, mm. they get going, you won't be able to slow them down. And it is frustrating because you wonder what happens. Is it the intangibles? Is it something above their shoulders, which is why they're either switched on and they put in a hell of a performance? Or, you know, some players need to see the ball go through the goals or they need to get a clean tackle or they need to get a clean mark, whatever it is. Why do they rely on something to yeah. potentially affect the overall performance? Why is it, you know... You don't lose skill overnight, but you can lose confidence. And confidence can affect skill. And it's like a lot of players are relying on that big play. Oh, now I'm feeling good about myself. Now this all of a sudden means I can kick the, b- the ball straight or I can run or I can get a handball. Yeah, I hate when you see the big margins because it should not be the case. But it is. And this has happened before and will continue to happen with players. I know game sense is so important. So if you put him and line him up next to Toby Green, they mm-hmm. play pretty much the similar position. But Toby doesn't have the weapons that he has. Doesn't have the speed, the height, the athleticism, but he's got the smarts. But the frustrating thing is you can see that um, Gary Rowan has them because there are times where he uses his body really well. He reads the ball coming in over the top and flies onto it and finishes with the goal. So I just wonder whether there's any other players out there. I think probably in the AFL competition, Rory Lobb, mm-hmm. I put in the same category, yep. that if you watch him kick five goals on any given day, you go, how does anybody stop this guy from taking contested marks? But then he'll go five games without having a big impact on the contest. I don't want to be too harsh on him because it was his rookie season as a pro. But last year we saw signs of that with Brady Manning. Mm. You know, when he got going from behind the arc, that three-point shot was as pretty to watch as anybody else's shooting technique. But then there'd be other games where, what's going on? Where is he? Can we find the man? Uh, So, yeah, the extremes, he's one that comes to mind. But I would love to hear some more because there's plenty of them. Michael Frederick is one who is in some doubt too as well that I think the difference between his best when he turns it on, he's electrifying. Now, sometimes it is positional mm-hmm. and the couple of the players that I mentioned I know it's not easy to be consistent every single week in the front half because you, you rely on your teammates further up the ground to get you the ball and you also sometimes have some pretty good defenders that work well in unison in this day and age now I've got another Amy Klanger for you give it to me state of origin and I'm not talking I about we the, moved yeah, on from no this, we mate. have but I'm talking state of origin in general when it comes to the women so they for the first time they had a two game series Usually it was just a one-off game. Now they've they've both won a game. Why is there not a deciding game? I hate when it comes down to points differential. So it means that the Blues had to win by at least nine in order to win the yeah. overall series because they went down in game one, 18-10. Could it, they got the win, but you just be feeling deflated because Queensland still keep the shield. Why wouldn't they just pair them together and play them yeah. as the curtain raiser in all three? Well, to be honest, I think it's because standalone, they do attract a big crowd. So we saw last night up in Townsville, a very good crowd turnout again to watch the state of origin in the women. So I think they, it's big enough now for it to be standalone, but surely you can now turn it into a best of three series because you are getting bums on seats. People are tuning in. To be honest, it was a more attractive style of game than what we saw a couple of nights earlier with the men. Maybe it's biased because the Blues actually won last night. But it's a very good game of footy. Give them best of three. Do you think we'll ever get it to a time where we don't have best of three? That if, like we've seen with Queensland, they've wrapped it up. Is there a need for the third game? 
Well, because they've built it up so well to make it, no, there's no such thing as a dead rubber. This is all about spirit and pride. It's a money thing. Yeah, it's, it's already sold TV out. TV money, bums on seats, state governments have paid for the game to be there. You see the injury that Tom Travojevich had. Now, he is a million-dollar-plus player a year. The Manly Sea Eagles would be so upset right about now. And this is why I don't think the AFL does it. Whereas they got, that, that affects the rest of the Manly Sea Eagles season. That affects membership, sponsorship. It is a business. So it could go the other way, I think, that, yes, either it stops once a series is wrapped up or they go backwards to only having a one-off game and that is rotate each year between, you know, Sydney and Brisbane. Don't mess with it. I think that would be my message. If it's working, which it is, the crowds are massive. It's now gone into other states. I think what we saw in the AFL game with State of Origin was there was just a few people not interested. And before we knew it, it was taken before our eyes. Good day, boys. Marto, you were a defensive gun. Nothing short. That's all. That doesn't make much sense. Nothing short. He was all short. How many Defender of the Year trophies do you have? Paul from Margaret River. Big welcome to Paul from Margaret River. We love some new people texting in, particularly from the new region in Margaret River. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Won six NBL Defensive Player of the Year awards. So, no, that was always a highlight. Good afternoon, Hayes and Marto. Women's Ashes. Playing your first test, making your debut, you expect some luck to go your way. Phoebe Litchfield, 20 years old, played some beautiful cover drives for her 23 runs when she walked off despite being not out. From the naked eye, the ball had swung in and hit Phoebe on the front without playing a shot. Should have reviewed it. However, Elise Perry almost had her innings end on 10 runs by an incorrect decision but went to make 99 runs. Yes, should have reviewed it. She's going to be a gun. Don't worry. We're going to see a lot more of her. And that is another Amy Klinger from Elise Perry. 99, Mm. did all the hard work. We had Nicole Bolton on, and she said Elise Perry would be the one that steps up and is yes. player of the series. And it's a good start because she has moved up a position or two. And as good as she's been in, in recent times or across her whole career, she's been one of the greats, she has struggled to get in and out of that team a little bit in recent times and been pushed down the batting order. But she came in uh, as the opener and, and took her chance. So as the as number three. And the back of that text as well, Dirk, you're right. She nearly was out, all done and dusted with 10 runs, but she went on to make 99. Steve Waugh used to talk about the meaning of luck. He actually wrote a book about it, and it was very similar to that, that don't call Elise Perry's innings lucky. It's not. It's actually a talent to be able to resettle and then say, okay, I'm going to make the, the most of this. People call it luck. Other people can notice and just say, I almost got out. Now let's reevaluate, switch back on and go on and do something special, make the most of this second opportunity. Others almost get out and then 10 runs later, they are gone because they're so rattled by how close they were with one bad shot previously, lose a bit of confidence and can't get back into it. So credit to Elise. She was able to go on to make 99, but also similar to Steve Wall, got out in the nervous 90s. He did that a fair bit. Good day, boys. Stringer was similar when playing as a flanker with the dogs. Low possessions, but high reward went on. Now racking up as a mid. Similar size, different speed to Rowan. But I like the idea of Rowan as a winger forward if he has the tank. Yoda from Bustleton. Well, he's not young anymore, Rowan. He's been around for a long time. He's now over the age of 30. So it's hard to believe he's probably going to get better from this point. But he is a good one, Stringer. And I would have said the same Probably two years ago with Jake Stringer that his best was the best in the comp, but there was this real inconsistency. But he is now building into a pretty good player. I think they've found the right balance between putting him in the forward line and also going through the midfield. Got another Amy Klanger, the Phoenix Suns. 
Now, they weren't able to win it all this year. The Suns won't have control of any of their draft picks until 2031. Today is NBA draft day. The amount of trades they've made, what they've given up to try and build this winning team and go on and win a title, win their first ever, a la Denver Nuggets getting their first ever. 2031, did you say? 2031 won't have control. Doesn't mean they don't get picks. It means they don't have control, so they've traded them. And depending on how other teams finish over the next, you know, five, six, seven years, will determine what picks they get for the ones they've traded for. But that is just, that's going all in. You talk about a, yeah. a short window; they're in that window. Are you, and then would, are you comfortable with what they're doing, Marto? Well, if they can keep a hold of the players they've got, then they don't necessarily need a whole heap of youngsters. They've got to get lucky with whatever draft picks they end up having. Then it means, you know, Amanu Ginobili, who filled it in the 40s, you know, you've you got to get some of those to complement the superstars they will be hoping they can hold on to. Max Gorn and Brody Grundy. Is it a clanger? I want to ask, is it a clanger? How has it worked for them? You've got a unique situation. We've spoken a lot about Sean Darcy and Luke Jackson, the two gun rucks. Mm-hmm. Does it work together? For me, Gorn and Grundy hasn't worked. And I know Kane Corns was onto this this morning. Both are going okay. But for the money and the investment that you've given up, and I'll, I'll probably preface that by saying that they didn't give up too much for Grundy mm-hmm. because Melbourne, sorry, Collingwood were pretty happy to pay some of that wage and the draft pick wasn't that substantial. But Gorn's no longer the best player or the best ruckman in the comp or the best player. Like there was a time we were talking about him in the top five. He would have been a walk-up start for those rankings. So you've taken that a bit away from him. You bought in Grundy, who's going okay, and both are going okay, but just as a collective... I'd much rather see them have a number one ruck and the other player being an absolute gun forward that can impact. Because the other consequence of this is if you look at their forward line, there's been no Ben Brown, there's mm. been no Tom McDonald in recent times. So because you've got to have a bigger ruck in the forward line, you become vulnerable to have too many big players. So there's a flow-on, knock-on effect to it. And I just wonder, as a collective, I don't think it's working as they probably would have hoped. You know they say great minds think alike? You and Lisa from Allenbrook, you're on the same page. Hi, Hayes, Marto and team. Happy Wet Friday to you all, and thanks for your award-winning show this week. No, thank you, Lisa. Guys, what's going on with Max Gorn? To me, he looks like he's struggling and in slow-mo. Is it working out with him and Grundy? Melbourne were very ordinary last week and so pleased that Rowan didn't let that awful accidental bump on his teammate Cameron affect his game. I picked the Cats last night. Take care. Stay stay safe and have a great weekend, everyone. Hey. How's the timing this on This is amazing. But it's I had that written down. No, I, I can vouch for that. <laughs> to go through at the start of the show. But Lisa, we are on the same <laughs> wavelength. Now, Gorn's not going bad. The problem is Gorn's time in the ruck has been halved. Mm. But he was performing to a really high standard when he was playing 80% in the ruck. So basically all you've done is bring somebody in. You've cut the time in half of their ruck dominance. And Gorn, as a standalone forward, now it was wet last night, so it wasn't ideal. I don't think he's a viable option long term. He's good to go down there for 20%, 25% of the game. But ruck is where he dominates the competition. You actually did pick Geelong. You changed your mind to go with them based on where it was being played, I believe. What you saw of Melbourne, do you still believe they're the team? Because you had them on top of your power rankings. You still think they are the one to beat ahead of Port Adelaide, ahead of Collingwood. Do you want to change your mind a little bit? Or what you saw last night was what you're expecting for any team that has to go and play Geelong in Geelong? I think it's going to be really close. So I think if they can finish inside the top four, you wouldn't really want to come up against them. And you could probably apply that to Geelong if they do get inside the top eight, which looks like they're a better chance now after that wing. 
win. There's one thing that really concerns me about Melbourne, and it's their forward line. Because of some of those players that I mentioned that aren't in mm-hmm. there, they are a team that is bereft of confidence in front of goal. 8 8-13, 10-12, last wow. four weeks. That is unbelievable. Now, some people would say that's just bad luck. They've missed. I don't buy that. I actually watched them closely last night and the week before and also against Fremantle when they played. Their forwards are all a little bit hungry in the sense that they're going for shots they shouldn't be taking. They need to be better at, and Fritz is probably the worst, but he does a lot of snaps around his body from tough positions. When you've got the ball inside the forward 50, yes, if you're free, have a shot. If you're not, look to get the ball either by foot or by hand to somebody in a better position, and then your finishing rate will be a lot better. Geelong, after that win, they jump up in the ninth spot. Richmond dropped to 10th. Now, Frio are in 13th. Last night's victory to Geelong did not help their cause whatsoever. Let's talk a little bit about the the Bombers game. We've spoken briefly throughout the course of the week. We're one day out from it. Where do you sit? Do you think this is the one that not only do they have to win, but how are they going to win more importantly? It's impossible. It's impossible to predict because you don't know what Fremantle Mm -hmm. you're going to get. You could probably apply that for many teams, but that's where they're at right now. The last two weeks, I thought they were as good a chance as any, and they dished up a really poor performance for four quarters, particularly last week. You use Michael Frederick. Who else on that team, going off what we started the show with, the the extremes of someone at their best versus also performances where they're dead quiet. Who are some of the Dockers? Because we have seen the extremes of them collectively as a group, but who needs to be at their best so everybody jumps on their coattails and keeps going? Because it does feel a little bit like that. As you've said all along, if you have one break, then it could destroy everything. Who is that player that's got to make sure it's not them, the reason why there's a bit of you know, a bit of weaknesses out there? Well, look, Switkowski's one that we've had in the gun for a couple mm-hmm. of weeks. I think he can find some improvement. You know, the forward line, Josh Tracy, he's one that's a little bit up and down. Now he's still a young player working through it, so we do understand that as well. Sean Darcy comes into the mix, so that mixes it up a little bit for Luke Jackson, who will play a different role. He'll be more the centre-half forward and then go into the ruck at the right time. But it's a more of a collective thing for them that I think the last couple of weeks they've gone away from – what they need to focus on as individuals and how that affects the next player in line. Because if the midfield doesn't get it done, then the defence becomes vulnerable. If the forward line doesn't keep the ball in there and pressure and harass and attack and and do their part, then the midfield becomes vulnerable, which in in essence then opens up the defence to have many marks against them, like we saw against the Giants. So, look, they just need to get back on top. Pretty simple. Win the clearances, win contested possession. Once they get that, they are a very good side. And if they get the ball played in their front half, and you hear Justin talk about territory so often Mm. because they are a good territory team, because once they have it in their front half, they can actually set up the mechanisms behind the ball that they want. And if they can force a repeat entry or an intercept possession, that's when most teams are pretty good at scoring and Fremantle are no different. Where they're vulnerable is if they're starting their ball movement from the back half because we've seen this year at times their ball movement hasn't been good enough. But if you can kickstart your ball movement from a turnover in the forward half or maybe closer to centre half back, then we know it's quicker and easier to score from those turnovers. Hayes, do you think the Eagles will keep the number one pick? I'm North Melbourne and think Harley Reid would be great in our midfield. That's from Pauline Margariva. I know the West Coast Eagles would back themselves in. They are a club and they've got a history of selecting Victorians and keeping Victorians. They've only really lost one absolute gun and that is Chris Judd and they were really well remunerated for that because they got Chris Marston and also Josh Kennedy effectively. So I don't think that will play a part in their decision making. But I think they will hold it there as a carrot 
to a desperate club that wants to come out and just overpay. Go crazy, yeah. And I think if they overpay, then I think West Coast Eagles have to cash in on that. So overpaying, can they end up with pick four? I wouldn't like them, Marto, to slide outside the fifth pick. If they can get one inside the top four or five, and then they get another one around 10 and maybe another one around 18 or maybe a future first to go with it, then all of a sudden you've turned one into three to go with their pick, their second pick, which will be pick 19 or 20. You could end up with four picks inside 20, which <laughs> really does set you up. And you got two last year with Jimby and Elijah Hewitt. Mm, no, that would be – I would, in a heartbeat, if someone's yeah. willing to do that, you're welcome to the number one pick. Good afternoon, Hayes. To me, Gorn looked injured and was unable to spread and run to certain positions last night. Conditions were difficult last night. Geelong played the difficult conditions very well. Thank you, Dirk. And then we've also had, yeah, Lisa. Hey, boys. Oh, sorry. Lisa agrees. Great minds think alike. Hey, boys, how many times have won – how many teams have won – after their buy this season. We did go into it a little bit. Not many. Can you remember the number off the top of your head? It's only three. It's only zero. Yeah, I think zero. it's zero from zero six teams. now. It's a real thing. Yeah. It's a curse. And a lot of people gave me a hard time when I said don't go to Bali and don't go away. I don't mind players going away, but Numbers go speak. two or three hours and stick to yourself because, I don't know, there's something in it. This is not just a new thing. This has happened for a few years. There was one game where you had two teams off a buy. So clearly one has to win. So that doesn't apply. But it's zero from six right now, which is good for Fremantle because they do take on the Bombers. Norman Kalgoorlie, Frio season is over after a loss on Saturday. That will seal it. Yeah, it becomes difficult, doesn't it? We then become two games out of the top eight and percentage. Their percentage, not great. Hayes, did you go through who we've got coming up on the show? Because I haven't, no. Oh. I haven't yet. But this is this is freaky what's going on here. <laughs> it's happening a lot. It's like Wait, they're reading our minds. Waiting, Jero. We're in tune with our audience, <laughs> We love Marta. this, don't we? Absolutely love it. We're one together. Aussie runner Phil Gore breaks world record running 600 kilometres in four days. Had to complete 6.7 kilometres per hour in Dead Horse Creek. Wayne, guess what we've got coming up a little bit later? Phil Gore will join <laughs> us on the show a little bit later. I, want, I didn't want to give it away. I wanted it to be a bit of a surprise oh, okay. on a Friday oh. free-for-all. But Phil will also join us. And Andy Donaldson. He's just as crazy. He's been doing a lot of swims through the Channel Swims. There's seven, did you know, Marta, around the world? I'd heard of the English Channel Swim. I didn't realise there were seven. I know there's one in Hawaii as well. I can't wait to speak to these two inspirational human beings who are embarking on incredible feats or have just finished them. So, yeah, I'm really excited. We do love a Friday free-for-all. So, Wayne, stay tuned. And we're not only just going to talk to to Phil, we've got Andy coming up as well. If you do have your own Amy Klanger, get involved. Amy's Klanger's for good is back, giving away much-needed funds to grassroots clubs. To enter, go to afl.com.au forward slash Klanger's for good.